0: Who's coming to Shoreditch? Bitconnect. Can you remember Bitconnect? I do. That was a whole scandal, wasn't it? It was dodgy. Um, so today we have got like an amazing guest. Um, his name is Nick Leeson. He was the. He single-handedly lost eight hundred million pounds. Um, and sent Berin's bank into liquidation, basically went, they went bust. Back in the day, there was a movie about the guy, um, Ewan McGregor was the lead, uh, and I remember I watched it, oh, maybe I was like 18, 19 at the time, and it was like, it was one of the best films around, because back then it was Glengarry, Glenn, Glenn Ross, and then Boiler Room, those old school films, um, and this was the Brit who um, basically lost tons of money, went to jail for one years. Um, but now, older, wiser, uh we're gonna chat about i'm gonna talk see if he's into bitcoin i don't think he is but um, i'm gonna chat to him about how corrupt the system is you know all that kind of good stuff so let's bring him in nick Mason. hey doing? welcome to shoreditch thanks um so i've obviously obviously done an intro i think you're the most notorious man in financial history in my book anyway um unless you know anyone else
1: no, I'll, I'll think of some as we're talking. I'm sure I'm not. But um,
0: go on. So you basically lost a billion pounds, pretty yep. much, for a bank. Um, my first question, because I've got many, is how corrupt is the finance system? I mean, um, it's obviously less corrupt now you've left it. <laughs> but. No, well, okay,
1: we'll take. I'll take that one. Um, <laughs> i don't know how do you mean corrupt it's like i'm
0: okay 2008 is a good example yeah of lobbyists getting involved with government yeah backhanders however you want to call it um it doesn't seem to have changed that much well i mean
1: i i don't know look i'm i'm not big against the system or, or, or the world of finance i think sometimes because of what went on during that particular people uh, period, people sometimes think, okay, well, he, you know, he's going to speak out against the system and things like that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I loved going to work every day. Loved the industry, the excitement, the uh, the adrenaline that comes with it. And, you know, like you hear certain things about, um, you know, the, the, the industry being corrupt and you know, like, there's backhanders everywhere. Like, when I worked in Indonesia, I worked in Jakarta for many years. If we wanted a phone line, we had to pay the phone guy, yeah. right? So brown envelopes went, went everywhere. And there's a certain amount of that that goes on in business. If you yeah. want to achieve something, yeah. if you want to do something, you want to buy a piece of property, Yeah, you know, there's probably a backhander that's going in somebody's direction. And, you know, like, I've spoken for big airlines over the years and they have different forms of corruption you know you you've got a supplier that you can look after and you might be taking them to an event you might be taking them to a race in dubai or 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 whatever you know there's ways that people get looked after so you know is the industry corrupt per se i I don't think so yeah you know it's it's an industry with an awful lot of money and, and money does corrupt and influence people yeah um so it depends on the angle you're coming with, John, I suppose. Basically, so,
0: everything's corrupt, isn't it? Like, pretty much. Yeah, let's go with that. It doesn't matter even, whether
1: it's banking or anything else, like, you know.
0: Even my friend's kids, yeah? He has to negotiate <laughs> with his kid every time to do something. He's got to give him something back. Yeah, I know that it's story, like. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no. So I watched a film again last night. Okay, it, Amazing, amazing film. Um, and uh, that's what... Because I think there was, like there was obviously elements of the film where, you know, um, clearly there's, like, backhanders, you know. Every, I mean, I, I mean the whole thing you did was dodgy. I mean, um, for people that haven't I don't know seen where it, there
1: were any backhanders. Not, I, I'm, gonna, I, I'm just going to be honest <laughs> with you, right? If there was a backhander, I'd say it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Maybe that's not the right word, but um, the whole system, you know, is a bit like a house of cards, isn't it? It's propped up on, well, all systems, really. It's like, you know, I look at... The, the older I get the more corrupt I see everything I thought you were going to say the more corrupt you become no no, no. I'm <laughs> no I'm the opposite I try, I've always I mean when I was a student I told you I, like beforehand like um, I worked in a gym and in the town centre of Watford okay so you're from Watford I went to uni in Hertfordshire and what I did was I basically I worked in the gym like if everyone that worked in a bar in Watford a pound a month membership so yeah. I would get free drinks I've round. still got mine <laughs> I would have hooked you up for free. I would have charged you, but um, but yeah, no one never found out, and I got free drinks for like years. Um, so I mean, I guess then that's a bit dodgy, you know. But not on the level of losing a billion pounds.
1: No, Um, no. Uh, Look, it's uh, you you know, it's not something that I'm proud of. You know, that's that's obvious. You should be. No, well, no, I'm not. I'm not. You know, like I. You know, I suppose th- my motivation through everything growing up was to be successful. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes success can corrupt and it can lead you down the wrong path. And if you don't have the right people around you or, yeah. or, or the right makeup in terms of dealing with some of those situations, you can, you can it, it can get out of hand quite easy. Yeah. And it did for me in Singapore. And so... Yeah. You know just to so that you understand when I look back at that period of my life it's it will always be the most embarrassing period because um, it's not what I wanted to achieve yeah. you know um, but then you've got to roll with the punches, it happened, I can't do anything about it you've got to move on with life, you've got a second opportunity, you take advantage of that, and if you piss a few people off along the way,
0: you know so yeah. be it um, so for people that haven't seen the film because mm-hmm. um, I, I imagine because w- what year did the film come out 2000? 98 98 um, if anyone ever, hasn't ever seen it you've got to go and watch Road Trader I'll put it in my social media and stuff um, but it's like there was a couple of films back then Boiler Room uh, Glengarry Glen Ross there was mm-hmm. a couple of movies and then your one came out and it was the British guy and yeah. like, the, like the absolute icon of like you know me, me I was like what 17 then so um, so yeah for people that haven't seen it and are going to watch it um how can you explain that period in like in a in a in a short way? I mean, you were a kid from Watford. Yeah. First job at Coots. Yeah. Right, which is they're still around. Um, I actually spoke to him recently, and I was like, "You want me to invest? In, you want me to give you a million quid to invest in stuff?" I'm like, "Why would I give you? I can do it myself now. You sure. know, technology." Um, so you worked at Coots, and then you went on to Bearings. Um, and yeah. so, so for people that don't know, what happened?
1: Yeah, well, well, you're right. I left school at 18. Yep. Um, so I very spectacularly failed my maths A-level. So that, that <laughs> made up my mind. Banking was the only career for me. So you obviously didn't need maths to get into the industry. Um, go on.
0: Well, I mean, that might have been the the reason you lost a billion.
1: <laughs> we, we might have hit that moment. No, no, no. Genuinely, I was, I, or, or rather, I was quite good at maths, but uh, I, I, I missed the last year at school because we had a we had a relief teacher, mm-hmm. um, and so I didn't bother going for the last uh, the last twelve months of my um, of my A levels. So I, I I would have gone into the city of London in 1985, yeah. aged eighteen. Um, mm-hmm minus an A-level in maths, um, was offered a job at Coots, which was a difficult job to get at the time. Started in 15 Lombard Street, um, worked there for a couple of years, Was uh, moved on to Morgan Stanley, a yep. big American investment bank, uh, worked in liability management there for a while, and then moved on to Futures and Options, which was kind of a, a growing niche area at the time. Right. Um, spent some time in Japan with Morgan Stanley, uh was headhunted to bearings yeah. um, you know they deliberately came out looking for somebody like me. I think that's probably more the reason <laughs> why uh, <laughs> why things started to go wrong. worked in Port Soken Street not far from here for yeah. um, for about a year yeah. um, moved out to Hong Kong um, to solve a problem that they had uh, was there for about a month, didn't really like it in Hong Kong didn't like the people uh, the English people primarily the uh, the, you know a lot of people have been there for a long time it's quite colonial Um, and then moved down to Jakarta where the real problem was and um, a lot of unsettled trades a balance sheet that was wasn't looking particularly good for the bank and uh, worked there for about a year Uh, loved it in Indonesia came back to London for a short period of time working in business development and the opportunity came up to move to Australia to work on the Sydney Futures Exchange. Um, there was a bit of a wait for that. So um, I ended up in Singapore, um, setting up the futures and options operation for for Bearing. So went from a role that had been heavily business development back office sort of stuff into running the trading floor as well, yeah. uh, and trading uh, throughout that period. So... You know, like there's a phrase that says, um, you know, you everybody reaches their level of incompetence. I did that in Singapore, and you know, um, lots of people that I could have asked for help and advice during that period made some errors on the trading floor. Very small error, yeah, not small for everybody, but small from the banking perspective. About ten thousand dollars one day. Some massive surge in volume in Singapore. Uh, the systems weren't able to cope with it. Uh, the Japanese markets, there were circuit breakers kicking in, so everything swung into Singapore. Um, Hidden error in an error account um, overnight, um, now, or, or termed at the time, the 5 uh, the, the five eights account. Now, the infamous. Uh, yeah, now known as the infamous or the illegal 5 account.
0: Eights are lucky, right? In, That's a lucky number, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Not for I Barrett's. Think,
1: no, I... Disprove that fact as well uh, yeah. um, I think f- somebody in China told me one time that eight is a lucky number yeah. you put four or five of them together and it has a different connotation really you'll have to ask one of your Asian viewers to give you the low down on that but that's what I was told Be-
0: before you go on to about the losses because <clears throat> mm. some people won't know what futures and options are and um, I don't know <laughs> 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 That's <what> <laughs> <laughs> go on I'm messing no, with no of you. course um, so Futures are quite straightforward. Um, Can you explain futures to people? Yeah, it's just uh, like the future price of
1: an uh, an index. So I was trading the Nikkei 225, so they're three-month contracts. So it's where
0: people expect the market to be in three months' time. And what industry? What kind of... um What what kind of futures were you? Well, you can
1: do that. You can get futures and options on anything. Yeah. Um, But I was trading the Nikkei two two five at the time, so the Japanese stock market. Right. And it was a period where, just to give you some context, the Nikkei two two five was at its record ever level. So it was trading around thirty nine thousand. Okay. I think it's thirty today. It's been down to seventeen. So it's it's never been back. And obviously, everything stagnated in Japan since about that time. So from there. So, in a three year period, it went from 39,000 or 39,900, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. By the time I left Singapore, it was down at seventeen, And I was a buyer pretty much all of that way. Down? Yeah. Right. And so f- futures can be how, how long? Three months? Uh, you, you can get them longer dated. So they tend to yeah. be three, six, nine, 12, yeah. 12 month periods. There's, but you usually trade the near month. Yeah, okay. So, you know, it's March, June, September, and uh, okay, December.
0: Cool. And that's what futures... Con- so, uh, the reason there's context like, that, and I'll, I'll say it because we're going to talk about Bitcoin because they've got an ETF and they're doing futures now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so carry on about... Um, then you lost $10,000. $10, so it's about $10,000,
1: $10, yeah. What year was this? Uh, 95. 95, No, so sorry,
0: 92. 92, so $10,000 then yeah. is probably, what, 100 grand now? No idea. I don't probably? Know. It's, it's yeah. got to be. No, look, it...
1: Like, in the context Absolutely. of the trading that went on, it was, uh, you know, it was a reasonably small error. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what it equates to these days. I'm not sure that it equates to anything other than $10,000, to be honest with you. But <laughs> the, yeah. Um, yeah, but it was a reasonably small error. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what you're supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to refer it up the line. You you know, you, you also know your first cut yeah. is usually your best cut. Um But it was four o'clock in the morning when we realized there was an error. So um, the UK or the London office had gone home for the evening. Very next morning, eight o'clock, I'm in talking to the head of operations um, about the error. Um, He doesn't really understand it, Um, asked me to refer it to the head of trading in London. He's not going to be out of his bed for another five or six hours. So I took the opportunity that in the intervening period, market had to go back to those levels. I'd close it down and nobody had know um, yeah. anything about it. A bit like you in the gym, that nobody would know anything about it.
0: No, I haven't But it was a pound. It's so a pound. a bit different. Great, <laughs> no lives really depended on it. Or um, yours. <laughs> it's just numbers on a computer, isn't it, really? No. Well, back then it was paper, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, there was a lot of paper. Yeah, I mean, it got like just to, again, you know, things that people will find very strange these days. When we were when we were in Indonesia, um, we, it was equities that we were uh, trading and trying to settle, and everything was on a piece of paper. So, genuinely, if you bought a hundred thousand gudang garam, there were, you know, there were at least a hundred pieces of paper that needed a stamp from the buyer, a stamp from the seller. And then you needed to submit them to the stock exchange or to submit them to the other bank to actually physically get paid for it. So we were, and, and like genuine stories. I remember we, we used to go around with the, you know the big, the big legal uh, cases that people used to go into yeah, yeah. to cases. Where we used to have one of those handcuffed. To our wrist because these were bearer certificates yeah. so if you came across them or if you stole them off of somebody and Indonesia or Jakarta was quite lawless at the time um, then you owned them as long as you could deliver them to the bank so what? I remember on one occasion uh, the managing director of bearing's Jakarta at the time was coming out of the stock exchange and he had one of the uh, one of these cases handcuffed to his wrist because he was going to bring them back to the office and we were going to get them uh, we were going to get them signed, and somebody came past on a motorbike and tried no. to steal the case, but it was handcuffed to him. So the guy came past on the motorbike, went made a grab for the bag, <laughs> but it wasn't moving anyway, so the guy <laughs> went flying up, And then the locals started to attack
0: the, the, no the guy who tried to steal it. So. It wasn't you the guy on the motorbike, was it? Oh, I like, do <laughs> trying, be, to, trying be, to fill up the AAA account. <laughs> that'd be telling <laughs> so, no, wiggle and a monkey. <laughs> it wasn't me, boss. Oh, sorry.
1: No, we'll, we'll have to redo the movie. Yeah,
0: that's, that's, that's
1: how I started okay. stealing cases in in Jakarta. Chaos. <laughs> no, but it was. It was. It was fairly lawless. It yeah. was. I don't know if you've been to Jakarta, but there were, no. um, but there were three um, distinct areas that you could. We, we had a bodyguard, Tino, who used to uh, drive us around. He'd have a gun. Um, and he went everywhere with us um, for most of the year that we were there. And, and then you get a little bit more used to it. You know yeah. how to behave. Mm-hmm. You know how to behave in uh, in, in, in the local circles, yeah. so you can um, you know you want to dispense with Tino and go 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 round to these areas that pe- the expats used to socialise in. Yeah. Um, but people did go missing
0: crazy yeah
1: you went to the Philippines and you'd find people that would be you know um, that would be um
0: just loads of hands well, everywhere yeah, yeah it's one of those stories
1: work. you'd find People washed up on beaches who'd had everything stolen
0: as they arrived at the airport in Manila. And what? Were
1: yeah, no, it was it's like a n- it's a very different time. Yeah, yeah
0: but dude, this isn't 90s. This isn't even long ago.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, but everybody really? everybody was catching up, I suppose. You know, it's, <laughs> you have developed and undeveloped.
0: So now they have people asking if you're on a taxi. Back then it was just people with knives. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: Manila was always considered quite dangerous at the time. Yeah, crazy. You you had to be very careful which taxis you were getting into at the airport and and things like that.
0: That's mad. I f- this is fascinating because obviously I'm involved in like um, Bitcoin and you know crypto and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Now. Um not shit coins, but um, crypto. Uh, you know, as in Ethereum and Bitcoin. And there's no shut off. There's no paperwork. It's twenty yeah. four seven, three hundred and sixty five days a year. You don't have to go around with a briefcase. It's all on your phone. You know. So when we talk about, you know, you had a a bodyguard called Tino. Yeah. Tino. Yeah. (laughs) You probably had to pay him in brown envelopes and all this kind of I I think the company. Yeah, he had a he had a gun. The dude had a gun. Like like, like, so when he when like anyone that's like twenty one listening to this or or even however eighteen, they'll be like, What? They, they just won't be able to comprehend, you know. Like I was, I was obviously, you know, I'm old, a bit older, so like I, I've and I travelled when I was like 23, so yeah. I, I went round, you know, Thailand, all these places when it was a bit sketchy. Yeah, <coughs> kind of, I've kind of got a reference point, but most people now, they just won't understand that we. They'll be like, but you can do it all on your phone. No? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, you couldn't at the time. So, um, no, it was very, obviously, very, very different. And, you know, you've got Robin Hood and all that sort of stuff going on these days. So, that yeah. everything is far more accessible, which yeah. I think has a good side and a bad side
0: right we'll we'll come to that but back to you losing a billion pounds yeah because that is still an incredible story
1: yeah so it started off started off small obviously as i said and uh i didn't refer it up the line to the head of trading in london then i'm more complicit in the concealment and you know it was a different time um how often did i see people put things into error accounts i pretty much saw it every day um you know you'd warehouse, warehouse a position overnight maybe you hadn't completed the order for the client or you'd made a mistake you'd, you'd you'd traded too much it'd go into an account two or three days later maybe even less you'd close out the position and nobody would be any the wiser so you know that was what the thought process was and yeah. so this happened in about um june or july of um of 92 uh, you're expecting a knock on the door every single minute of every single day Somebody walks in the room, you think that's it, your number's up, the phone rings, you think um, that's somebody who's about to expose you. So you're literally living on your nerves every single minute of every single day. And and then people don't ask the right questions. You know, all you have to do is a position check. I'm sure you know how many Bitcoin you've got or how many Ethereum you've got. It's not a difficult computation we only had two accounts in singapore we had a london account a tokyo account you add the two together you compare them to the singapore international monetary exchange and there would have been a difference every single day for three years right so nobody did the check right it's the most basic check it's the check that everybody's supposed to do every single day but nobody did it for three years right and slowly over time you start to get a bit more confidence that you've got not that you're going to get away with it, right? Because that's not what the thought process yeah. was. It's just I've got more time to solve this and get myself flat and get myself back in the game yeah. and, and operating normally. And you, very slowly you start to think, okay, well, I've got a few hours and then I've got a few days to solve this. And then, you know, at the end of the month, the accountant's looking for the balance sheet. So you give her the balance sheet. The only thing she's interested in is the account balance line. So as long as the account balance in the 58s account is zero she's not going to investigate any further so you just yeah. do a simple journal entry yeah. you you debit commission income you credit the 58s account and if it's zero she's not going to ask any more questions so she'd incorporate the balance sheet into the group accounts at the end of the month and you get away with that for a period of time and you you start to think i've got a little bit more time to solve this so you start thinking in terms of weeks or even in months yeah and You know what's going on in the background, and you you, you're not consciously thinking this, but you're starting to garner a bit of contempt for these people because they're not asking the difficult questions. They're not even asking the the easy questions, right? They're not doing the easy checks. So you got, I've got more and more time to solve this, and then you get to September. The loss is five million dollars. The commission income account is empty. There's no way of hiding it, and Deloitte's are coming in to do a year-end audit, right? So that's it. Game over. Right? There's no way you're getting past that. And then Deloitte's come in. They're just as bad as the accountant. They don't ask the right questions. They don't ask the easy questions. They don't do a position check. And there's $5 million worth of losses. And you, you've got, you know, you're there on the 30th of September 1992, and you've got no way of working out how you're going to get around this. So I pick up the phone. I phone the treasurer in London who's 50 years of age. He's been working in banking and treasury for 30 years. Very, very experienced, and I ask him for $5 million, um, and he wires it over to me the next day, and, you know, you know obviously he obviously asked me why I need the money, and I come up with a cock and bull story about it being for, you know, additional margin for the exchange because of the volatility that the market's facing at that time. Sends over the $5 million. I do the journal entry on the 30th of September. Money doesn't arrive till the 1st of October. So when the auditors are doing their year-end audit and they're looking at the group intercompany accounts, there's a discrepancy of $5 million. And this is all part of yeah. the Board of Banking Supervision. So I'm not making this up. You know, yeah, There's yeah. a big report into this. So there's a $5 million discrepancy in the intercompany accounts and uh, Deloitte's put it down to a foreign exchange discrepancy. So that's how I got away with 1992. And then now I've got, you know, the auditors are no good. The accountant's no good. There's nobody really in risk management and compliance Their You know, risk manager might be in the UK. The compliance officer might be in Hong Kong. So it's all very, very disjointed. But still the focus for me is just trying to correct the situation. Sure. So I'm $5 million down, September 1992. By May of 1993, it's up to $20 million. And then I have the most perfect expiry in the options so I'm short straddles and um, I I don't know which straddle I'm short but say it's 19,000. Market expires bang on 19,000 so I get all of the 20 million back. I have the opposite problem. I have a quarter of a million dollars I need to get rid of. Somebody takes it onto their trading book in Tokyo and I genuinely go home that weekend thinking my life can start again. Yeah. the people who are working for me on the track, it's all open outcry, right? So people aren't going to understand open outcry. So it's 100 people standing in a room. Everything's done by hand signals. Yeah, yeah. You know, you pay a price and the size is on your head. Yeah. So from $5 million worth of losses um, at September 92, by May of 1993, it's up to $20 million. Yeah. I have the most perfect expiry in the options position that I'm holding. I'm short straddles around 19,000, expires bang on that level
0: anyone um, that doesn't understand short straddles um, you're not going to ask me to explain again you know, oh,
1: so, I mean, so straddles are, are selling a <laughs> selling a put and a call at the same level yeah. so you're basically looking for the market not to move okay you know if it moves aggressively in one direction one of them will will be in the money and if that's compensated by the amount you're out of the money on the other then um, you know it's it's still a decent trade if they move significantly or or, you know hugely away from those levels it's going to start to cost you so it's a volatility trade not that that's why I was using it for me it was a cash play So now I've got the five-eighths account. There's a debit balance in it. The commission income account I can't use anymore. So I've got to work out another way to keep the account balance at zero. So selling options uh, is the way that I did that. And the mistake they made in Singapore at the time is if you sold an option, you received 100% of the premium. So what that allowed me to do was to take the premium, put it into the five-eighths account, bring the account balance down to zero, But then you have to post margin to the exchange to cover the risk that you're taking on with the exchange. So as long as I could get money from my old friend, the treasurer in London, if I could convince him to keep sending me money um, to to finance these positions for the perceived volatility that's going on in the market, um, then I can do this ad infinitum. So, um, you know, he kept sending me the money um, to fund these positions. So if you looked at the balance sheet, the the five-eighths account balance would be zero. You'd look at the positions, the bona fide positions that you would have, and it would probably justify a margin of 10 million. But if you investigated the balance sheet, there would be 200 million deposited with the exchange. So it would all be out of line if you had the brain power to understand what the balance sheet was showing you. But nobody did. Nobody did. Right, so it's not a difficult computation. Yeah. You know, it's just something that most businesses
0: would be able to understand. But Sounds like there there's three people doing the job instead of one person managing it all.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, there, a lot so of people no operating. Yeah, a lot of people operating in silos, not yeah. communicating, and um, you know that's a huge part of uh, of what went on, and everybody thinking somebody else was doing the
0: job, but yeah. nobody with that
1: holistic overview that that that, that you're looking for. So,
0: so, so by May, you got <clears> it back down to zero. Yeah, so after I, the twenty million down.
1: 20 million down so I had the opposite problem I had a quarter of a million dollars that I needed to post somewhere so I posted it to somebody's trading account in Japan and genuinely went home that weekend thinking you know I could start my life again Um, but the guys who worked on the trading floor they'd never been admonished they'd never been reprimanded there were six or seven of them who were doing the order filling so everything was open outcry Um, and and you get errors with open outcry you know you might be looking at somebody and they think that you're you're trading with them but really you're trading with the person behind them so there's always errors that need to be sorted sure, out sure, sure. Um, so these guys just became used to it right you know it was it was almost you know it's a different form of lawlessness if you like but whatever they did whatever mistakes they made everything was getting hoovered up into the five eights account right so it became habit uh, yeah. and on the Monday morning you go back in and You know, one of the guys has got an order to buy 500 lots. Maybe he only buys 400 or, you know, he buys 600 and he's, you know, he's got to take a loss on 100. Goes back into the five-eighths account.
0: So is this where you should have called it a day? 100%.
1: I should have probably (laughs) left Singapore at that point and, and ran, you know, but it was... But yeah, it
0: was like you could have sto- stopped, you
1: could have stopped, you could have stopped on every uh, you know, on any moment, on any, any given day. That that was definitely a seminal point, but,
0: but- it's just like it, it's like a, a naughty kid, isn't it? And like they've, they've like you figured them out, they've sorted it out, and then you're like, don't do that again. They're like, I won't do again, <laughs> yeah. and then then something happens, they're distracted <laughs> straight back to like. Yeah, like
1: well, I, I can see the analogy. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not sure it was entirely like, like it wasn't willful. A little I don't bit. Think, a no, little bit. <laughs> I don't
0: think it was. A but little bit. Hungover. Oh my God!
1: Look, definitely a bit of hungover from time to time. Yeah. There's definitely a definitely a bit of that involved. So the whole story starts again. Yeah. Um, Did
0: you ever trade when you're absolutely hammered? We have in uh, there, like, honestly, where you're like still drunk. I look. Like, you know definitely. what? I'll just buy <laughs> your Japan on the phone. We well, didn't. Yeah.
1: Even, you didn't even have to think about <laughs> it, John, because you're I joking. was long the market, yeah. right? So it, this wasn't. You know, there's a point that you and you know from a trading perspective, if you've got a position on and and you think it's going to go against you and it's going to yeah. continue going against you, you can flip that position. Yeah. Right. The problem was that. The position got so big so quickly. There was absolutely no way you could flip the position because there wasn't the capacity in the market to be able to do that. Yeah. So if the Nikkei two two five was trading in Singapore was trading twenty thousand contracts, that was a good day, right? Yeah. I'm long hundred thousand futures at one point. So how do you flip that?
0: You
1: can't. Uh, no, you're, you're all in. When right? you say
0: long, how, how long? What's the period? Well,
1: it's a a two-and-a-half-year period, but I'm I'm talking towards the end of the period, so like 94. Yeah, You know, I'm long 100,000 futures, I'm short 60,000 options. The option market in Singapore probably did 4,000 contracts a day, so this has been accumulated over a period of time. So, you know, the option, maybe we should change the word, but the choice to flip the position and go in the other direction – just wasn't available after yeah. a period of time so you know people at the time used to talk talk about a, um, a the, the pko in, in in japan which was the was a phrase that was given for the government effectively the price keeping organization trying to stop the market from falling because the the um the, uh, the the market was falling every single day. The circuit breakers were kicking in. It was going sell only, and all of the business was in Singapore. So, the government would try to put some bids in from time to time. But I was like the unofficial price keeping organization because I was the only other guy trying to buy it. Because this either turned yeah. or that was the end. Right now, that wasn't really the thought process. And and you, you're always looking for the smallest positive and you know that you'd have days that it turned, it went in your favor and that just emboldens you a little bit that you've got more time to try and solve the situation, which is really, you know, as misguided as that was. And I totally accept that, you know, that was the, uh, that was the thought process. And then you get into the situation where you've got this status, you know, amongst all the people that you work with, you work for, you know, everybody on the trading floor thought I was God. God, yeah. you know because every time they sold to me yeah. they see the market tick down well, you in moved
0: J- the market right you were moving well I, I yeah I
1: moved it and I held it yeah. right so yeah. if you can imagine in Singapore the only thing that people are looking at is the ticker tape yeah
0: yeah so like the, in the film you know, yeah, yeah like
1: in the film so the market starts to go down in Japan which yeah. is the, the the lead market yeah and because they see it going down in Japan and they can see the price and I'm still bid in Singapore they'll sell it to me but before they have a chance to get out, I'm also buying in Osaka because I've got a squawk box that goes straight to the trading floor in Osaka yeah. and yeah. I'm buying there. So immediately yeah. it'll pop back up.
0: Yeah.
1: And most of these people were day traders, very, or they were scalping. So yeah. they'd sell to you and then they're immediately looking for their out. Yeah. And if there's no out, they'll take a loss very, very quickly. Yeah. So they start. There, there was this perception that every time they traded with me, they lost money. Right. So this status or is building yeah. everywhere yeah, and you're yeah. kind of, you're carried along with it and you're not conscious of it at the time, but kind of saying stop and admitting to what was going on. Like it would have been hardest to my ex-wife at the time, yeah. you know, telling her what was going on, that it was all a tissue of lies rather than, you know, the life that she was living in Singapore, you yeah, know, yeah. lying by the pool all day, going to the best shops and the best restaurants with yeah. her friends and, and what have you. And that, and, that that probably kept me moving forward in that direction.
0: I mean, ultimately, you pay, you're playing one giant game. Money is like obviously the consequence, but it's just a massive game, isn't it? Really, you were just a, you were you were just like the um, Have you seen Squid Games? You were like the host. <laughs>
1: yeah I I've I've seen the last couple of Squid Games only because my wife was watching it but so uh, good
0: but no it's a bit like I mean when you look at it I'm not, I'm I'm it, not getting it at the there's moment there's 400 people on the floor and you're basically you're moving the market You and you're basically lying to them aren't you, you in a way you're just 100%, like, 100% you're when just when like you, Squawk yeah. Box if people don't know it's like a speaker isn't it yeah you know it's, a, it's basically like a speaker and it's like someone shouting down bye or whatever you know what it is um it, it just sounds like this really crazy old school game that you were playing and you were like the ringleader of all of it, but he lost a billion quid. Yeah, but I, I didn't and know so,
1: I was playing a game like, at the time. Yeah. I was just trying to survive from day to day. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe I should look for some royalties out of the squid game thing, because maybe I... Uh,
0: you probably inspired a huge amount. Um, so, the qu- okay, so the question is from losing 20 mil back to square one yeah. in May, 93? Yeah. 93. How long did it take you to then lose a billion?
1: Uh, well, I think the final number was 862. So it was billion, a billion dollars, roughly. A billion dollars, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so from May of 19... 19- What's
0: 200 million between... <laughs> well, I don't know. If you want to give me
1: 200 million, I'll tell you. It
0: won't last long, will it?
1: So not long is the answer. So May of 93 to February of 95... And, and it accelerated a lot from the In end of the, the end of '94. Yeah, um, as I said, the position by the end of '94 was huge. Volatility—I'd crushed volatility, right? Because I was selling straddles after straddles yeah. after straddles. I, you know, I speak at lots of different events, and you get lots of traders turning up to them, and they ask what the strategy was. Right? There was no strategy. This was a cash. <laughs> this was a cash play. I hate to disappoint them sometimes because they're trying to work something out, but it was a cash play, right? The five-eighths account had to be zero each month, right? So if I needed to sell 20,000 options, that was 20,000 straddles that were going.
0: I just have these funny things, like someone asking you a question, like what's the strategy? And you're like this. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Your assistant <Strategy> <laughs> <laughs> Like I remember that UFC fire yeah, not, I'm not quite that bad. Oh no, we didn't have one of those. No, well, there was
1: a strategy, but it was a cash strategy. So okay. the a uh, cash
0: through cash strategy is that a word? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
1: Um, but no, the, like the the focus was how do you survive for another month? Um, yeah. Five eighths account has, uh, balance has to be zero. Um, why do you sell straddles? they have the biggest premium yeah. you know you're looking at two at the money options uh, you sell those obviously it exposes you to a certain amount of risk but that's not what the focus was on so it's not like i went in every day and i'm looking at the position and trying to work out how you, you really are looking for that eureka moment which, which happened in may of 1993 yeah so you um,
0: thought it would happen again i guess Naturally. You always
1: have that in the back of yeah. your mind, yeah, that you're going to, somehow this is going to come together. Um, y- it's going it, to, it is going to happen. And as long as, you know, if, it, I suppose, you know, there'd be other thought processes that would be ongoing if it wasn't difficult to get the money from London. Mm-hmm. You know, London was financing this without knowing it. Yeah. Uh, but Over the period between, you know, May of 93 to... um december of 94 they sent me five six hundred million pounds to it's finance it, the it. position the
0: whole story is just like it's, it's so brilliant well, it's so know, is funny it, and like so it's absurd it, it is it's chaos it's literally yeah. like you couldn't you couldn't get away with that now could you well you couldn't get away with anything really i mean you but you, you say that things, bill wang has
1: just done 50 billion has he yeah in uh, or 6 months ago he's convinced five or six like credit suisse went down for or, or lost 5 billion on the back of it so he's a family office in the US he's right. com- he's been done for insider trading in the past he's been <laughs> fined right <laughs> oh he, he's been banned for a period of time and he's managed to convince five of the biggest investment banks in the US that this family f- uh, family firm yeah. should be um, lent money and allowed to leverage up on on, on certain stocks so SoftBank and a right. few others and yeah. eventually it collapsed and uh, you know the five banks worked out eventually what was going on they were buying the same stocks um, and eventually it all went down and Credit Suisse I think were holding the biggest part of it I think they lost either five or ten billion dollars on the back of it
0: why, do you think that is because they, they just everyone just wants to make cash so they like they just go with it
1: I think there's a, you know, there's a certain status thing within the world of finance, right? So you've got individuals um, who all want to be the best trader. Yeah. Not everybody can be it. There is a hierarchy of that. And I think that sometimes influences, and it's not everybody, right? So no. let's not cast everybody with the same uh, disdain, if you like. But, you know, everybody wants to work out where they sit in that chain. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that influences behavior a bit. I think then you've got, from a banking perspective you've got a hierarchy um of of, of banks who uh, who, are, who are very successful and some of the other ones like credit suisse want to sit at the top table so maybe they take a few more chances you've got green seal and david cameron that sort of stuff that was going on yeah um all those years ago where it's he commi-
0: sounds like a bernie guy remember bernie maddox is it bernie Madoff? Madoff? made off yeah Madoff.
1: They're, they're all you know the there's 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 a lot of it about, and it still goes on, and it's because of complacency and and people there's an inclination to believe, and there certainly was during my time at Bearings in Singapore. You know, I often get asked, or I've been asked sometimes when I'm sitting down with banks in different locations about what enabled me to to survive as long as I did with doing what I did at that time and. You know, being socially adept was a was a key part of it. It was a very blue-blooded bank. I come from a, you know, I grew up on a council estate in Watford. Yeah. Um, so I was able to move between the, the, the two sets of people quite easily, but, you know, I could hold myself in a situation. And, you know, one of the things in business, right, and, and people say, what can we look out for in our organisation or, or, or within the banks these days? If somebody's supremely confident you know, have a second look at them, mm. you know, they might be what they are, but they also might be hiding something, because if, you know, if I got a question from somebody in London, and I was confident about my response, and if I was pushed on it, and I remained confident, they tended not to look any further, and mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily conscious of it at the time, but you can see, um, you see with hindsight that it definitely stood to um to to my benefit at the time and then people don't want to challenge anymore okay you know like this guy's going to make me look like a fool you know I'm not asking the right questions I don't have the information he knows what he's doing I don't and and they don't feel strong enough to to challenge so you know I I think business these days is all about empowering people and and allowing people to ask the questions when they think something's wrong and you know Hopefully, yeah. that keeps it a lot safer.
0: Yeah. I mean, I tell people to question everything. Absolutely. Because uh, everything's bollocks, mostly. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. I, I mean, even when people ask me questions, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, okay, I'm, I did the buy bought, bought a million dollars Bitcoin yeah. video, timed it really well based on what I think is experience. But I, yeah. I, I did say it could drop tomorrow 50%. Yeah. You know, people think <clears throat> that I'm like an expert in it, and I'm like, I'm not. Yeah. I'm absolutely not. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And people that say, oh, they know what's going to happen with Bitcoin, Ethereum, all these things. I'm like, they're lying, you know? Because there's no way you can predict any of it. Like, it's it's not it's not gambling if you're a long-term investor, I think, with Bitcoin, Ethereum, because, well, it's just not, right? Um,
1: purely, I don't understand that. Purely, but-
0: purely because of network effect, I think. Network effect, it's like the internet. If you were to, like, um, put money into the internet in 97 based on the users and then now yeah, and then you know it makes sense Bitcoin is that basically everyone you know they say kids now will never have a bank account because they'll just have their phones why would they need to fill out forms and go to a bank put their proof of address down when you can just download an app put your money on there and get paid on there so there won't be bank accounts like that in the future so network effect is like you know it's always going to grow but as far as like trading Bitcoin wouldn't, wouldn't say you know you see people online they're like acting as they now how to trade Bitcoin every day and it's just all absolute rubbish Yeah, um, and that's where the gambling sits like what how much of what you did back in the day or even now would you say is gambling like because obviously you will know knowledge minus insider trading where you can kind of you know sort of not guarantee it but you you know you've got more knowledge of what's going to change tomorrow um, how much of it is actually gambling trading
1: um It's 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 an analogy that you know from working in the industry you always try to steer clear of Mm -hmm. just because you don't want to be described as a gambler. And when you when you think of gambling in the traditional vein, you know, backing horses and doing stuff like that, I do none of that. Mm -hmm. Right, I have no interest. I might have a bet on a football match every now and again if it's a team I support. Um, but I'm not going to try and analyse that sort of game and try and work out wh- wh- what's going on. Yeah. Um. You know, when I look at the way that I trade these days, and I do still trade, um. You know, I'm looking for patterns, and uh, and I'm looking for ways that you can try and identify and identify behaviour in in the market. So, you know, I remember many years ago standing in trading pits, um. You know, in London, in Singapore, and if J.P. Morgan walked into the pit, that was the time to walk out, right? Because they're going to have a big order, and whatever they say is what the market is going to do. And that kind of stays with me. So I, I, I trade. Uh, I trade frequently, um, but you know I'm in and out of the market reasonably quick. So if if you want to trade on a daily basis and you want to day trade, you need a market that moves. So you need volatility. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee that you'll see volatility at the opening bell, Europe, and at the opening bell, New York. So I just focus on those. And I think for the first part of the day when you've got all these opening orders and things like that, you can can see how people are behaving. Like a, a lot of trading is about fear. Yeah. You know, if a market is going against you, how do people react? And you see them stop out at, at silly levels. There's still a certain amount of manipulation. There's not supposed to be. But if you look at a market pre-open, there's definitely a bit of spoofing. It's supposed to be illegal, but there, there is definitely a bit of spoofing. Um, and, and so I focus on those sort of periods. And I just remember, you, you know, I don't want to be drawn into a day of trading against JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs because they are going to bury you yeah right they absolutely will bury you so it doesn't matter however big you think you are or however big i think i am if you run into goldmans or jp morgan you're dead mm. right so try and step out of the market during those points and you know bitcoin i i was telling you earlier i did a, a tv program last week with, um, with with a guy who trades bitcoin all of the time he's a very experienced trader. Um, he, he's very quick in and out of the market is he successful you know I, I don't know but I wouldn't trade Bitcoin myself like you I think you know I think if you look at a Bitcoin chart um, there have been three or four major sell-offs over the last couple of years started to trade um, futures yep. you know his big surge dropped off straight after it started to list on Coinbase traded up dropped off straight afterwards it's now trading ETFs are are being launched on the cryptos it's gone all the way back up I think it comes off again you know that's the only way I'd trade it but it seems to get these big news events and then I think one of them was a 80% retracement the other one was a 50% retracement and yeah
0: if you go back over like 13 years there's been like four bull runs and three bear markets we're in a bull run now when you talk about Coinbase that was when Coinbase listed yeah um, not Bitcoin so yeah. they they listed <coughs> it went up because a friend of mine was the CEO of um, Coinbase UK right um, used to be and so yeah I was talking to him for it, it went up went down it's come back a bit um, but that was the IPO of yeah. Coinbase yeah not not Bitcoin um but yeah no I mean it, well it's like what you're saying about JP Morgan it's like um, follow the smart money is what people say which yeah. is you know kind of makes sense with that um and. When you, you say you met a guy who trades Bitcoin daily, it, the classic saying for Bitcoin is it's time in the market, not timing the market. Yeah. You know, so if you put money and hold it for five years, yeah. no one's ever lost money. And I think a couple of weeks ago, it's like ninety nine percent of people that have ever put in money in Bitcoin, if they would have just held it, would have made money. You know, but it's just the thing is like trading. But those ninety
1: nine percent of people now at this point, you know, must be.
0: it's an all-time high now so technically if you put money in before you you no no but i
1: know but i mean that the the people that are uh, able to invest i know you can trade in fractions of bitcoin these days but the people that you know are are commanding that market at this point are high net worth individuals (coughs) i would imagine
0: yeah well it's over it's over a trillion now so it's like even if you put in a billion it won't make much difference yeah. so you can't really move the market like you like when I got involved in crypto the whole market cap of of coin market you know all of the crypto together was 80 billion mm. and now it's 2.5 trillion right so like back then I remember my friend actually saying if we can get 12 people all with a million quid we can move Ethereum <laughs> And he was serious, <laughs> like, and that was like the, that's how old school like yeah. I am, and I 'm not that old school. like I felt when Ethereum was around at the yeah. beginning is that people were trying to, like even ask me about manipulating it, yeah. and I was like, i, I don 't understand all that I'm not going to get involved in that i'm going to invest long term fine, um, but even back then, you put twelve million get to get your friends twelve million, you can move it, um, yeah. but now you can't it's just too big, it's just way too big, even
1: Elon Musk.
0: Well, they put in one and a half billion. Mm. Um, and I think there was like that article that came out that after like t- a month or two months, he had made more in Bitcoin than he made the whole life of Tesla.
1: Yeah, but that's the power of the media. So if you have a name, yeah. if you're Elon Musk, add media,
0: yeah. you're going to move the market. Yeah, no, he, he, he can and did. But I think now people have learned. Uh, I don't was, think they've learned. Well, look at that uh,
1: squid coin.
0: Oh, well, that's that's not Bitcoin, though.
1: No, it's not Bitcoin, Squidcoin. but it's a crypto. No, I, I heard about it. Is Allegedly, it Squidcoin?
0: Is that the one that dropped in the It's in the gone day? now. Gone. Was it Squidcoin or the S- Pokemon one? No, Squid. Squidcoin. This squid. week, I think. The uh, I showed you the video tonight, earlier. Yeah. Yeah, they, there's a guy they, live, and then it's just <laughs> one of the jars. Well, no, I think they've, they've
1: taken all of the money out Wait, now. did you start Squidcoin?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we do, I knew it. Everyone, <laughs> we've unveiled the host. <laughs> Yeah, no, okay. yeah, no wonder okay. you came in by helicopter. <laughs> I didn't know you could in London. Like, yeah, um, but no, yeah, it's Like, no, I've been found you, out now. I, I tell people all the time, don't invest in anything, but there's you don't so many understand. of them. You got well, it's that's, why I, don't in, that, that's why I don't
1: invest in Bitcoin.
0: I don't understand it. Bitcoin is the only decentralized one, everything else is centralized. I just
1: like, like you said at the beginning, I'm an old guy or an OG, and um, I, I think the banks will. Have their own digital currencies in time, and and whilst Bitcoin and Ethereum will survive and, and yeah. probably <laughs> prosper, I think the digital currencies uh, that from the central banks will uh, will continue in, in the form of money.
0: They'll happen, but they'll mm. be like stable coins, but they won't change Bitcoin. No, I don't Bitcoin think so. Is completely decentralized, and like the mad thing is when you were talking about how you used to do paperwork now, like I could literally send a million quid to someone in Jakarta yeah. in like three well, seconds. Well,
1: try it. I'm in Galway. See, <laughs> see how
0: quick it can get. I don't have any squid coin, unfortunately. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Shitloads of it, but it sounds a bit. But no, that, that is the difference, right? And it doesn't yeah. cost you anything. Even if I like do stuff with banks now, right? So I'm building a house in Costa Rica and obviously I have to exchange it to dollars. With Squidcoin. No, not with Squidcoin, with actual normal money. Yeah. And the problem is it takes so long it costs me a fortune. The future, literally young people would be like, wait, you want me to pay 100 quid to, why would I do that? They're like literally, they'll be like, why am I going to pay 100 quid and wait four days? Yeah. They'll just be like, no, I'll stay on my phone in like three seconds and it won't cost me anything. Yeah. You know, so the future of Bitcoin is like, well, it's everything. It's literally everything. Like, I mean, I could sit here for hours and talk about it. Um, but do you not think there's a
1: corrupt part of the system later along the line where a central bank will turn around to some of the bigger players in the market and.
0: They, they can do that all the time. China banned it. Yeah. But it didn't affect it because yeah. it, all you're going to do is push people away into another country. It's not going to make any difference to Bitcoin if one country bans it because there's hundreds of other countries. Yeah. You look at El Salvador, um, and they use it as currency now. Yeah, but it is El Salvador. Yeah, but that's the first, right? It's yeah. like the internet. You know, it started off in you know, and then eventually it it goes throughout the world. But it's it it, it it's just you know. Pe- There's so much FUD that you can talk about, but it's literally uh, Look, it's
1: definitely, you know, it's changing times and you've got Robin Hood and things like that in the equity space that are really changing and challenging that market. Mm. But you've got, uh, like, I remember being in Singapore almost when I first moved to Singapore many, many, many years ago. And, you know, you were still doing five or seven day settlement on equity trading, right? So you'd buy your stock on a Monday and the following Monday, you had to pay for it. But if you sold it in between, you just got a cheque or you had to pay. Yeah. So if a market's trending and, and everything's going higher as it was, people in Singapore were just buying the stock on a Monday. They'd probably go to a coffee shop, tell 10 of their friends that they were buying it. And during the week, it'd go up. They'd all sell it by Friday and they'd all turn up at the broker on a mon- the following Monday to get their cheque. Mm so it's great everything's on a high everything's going in the right direction they're all buying new cars yeah. and then they start to invest a little bit more and they start buying houses yeah and you know they're all moving into different places they're going on far fancier holi- holidays and yeah. all of a sudden the stock market crash crashes yeah. they lose the house yeah they lose the car they're moving back in with their mum and dad and y- you know the, the, there's an awful lot of boom around at the moment I, I just for me, I think there's some bust coming and yeah. it's how people navigate that. And maybe not from a Bitcoin perspective, but from a Robin Hood perspective where all of these people have taken their, you know, their pandemic empl- unemployment payments and they've horsed it all into the stock market. Yeah. When it turns and you're you're slightly less educated than the market participants and they sh- start to push you lower and yeah. you have to start to force sell. Yeah. That's that's a nasty place, and and I think that yeah. may come at some point. I'm not I'm not I'm that will, not a doomsayer that, right now. No, no but that
0: will always happen throughout does, the yeah. rest of the lo- rest of life because you've got new people yeah. against experienced people. The experienced ones are always going to know what to do first. Um, but the difference is now, if you look at the amount of people that are involved in the stock market globally. Compared to like mid nineties or even two thousands, everyone has access to it now.
1: They do, but but John, I still look at it, and I, I, I'm looking at it, and y- you look at Robin Hood and this Wall Street bets and all these different things that have gone on, and I, yeah. you know, like I, I, I kind, of, I like them all, right? Yeah. yeah but there are one or two huge investors who get involved behind Wall Street bets. So if you're yeah. if you're one of the minio- minions who's putting your $500 in, your $1000 yeah. in or whatever else and all of a sudden, you know, the big cheese goes and knocks out 13, 14 million, yeah. you're on the wrong end of it. 100%. And that's the way it yeah. always works and and, and so the yeah. media, I think have a you Know, like, as with Bitcoin, as with any of the cryptos, as with yeah. Squid Coin, Dodgy Coin, or whatever it's called, or Doggy Coin, Dogecoin. Is, that yeah. what you, is that what you call it? Dogecoin, Dogecoin. Yeah. Oh,
0: I call it Dodgy Coin. Well, you know, Elon Musk owns a third of it, I think. Yeah, but, I could be wrong, but it's about a third, okay.
1: But they're all, you know, potentially if things turn against them, it's the, they're little, all, it's the little guys who get hurt.
0: Yeah, the, the thing is, is that the reason people buy them is because they want to get rich quick. Yeah, Bitcoin. Right? I get it. I, people message me all the time. And I'm, I say it to people, I'm like, the only thing I invest in is Bitcoin and Ethereum long term. Yeah. You know, I have my in, yeah, and then I have my out, right? And then I'm happy. But you've got to have a strategy. Remember we talked about strategy yeah. earlier? What's a strategy? <laughs> and that's what people don't Perhaps have. What's a strategy? 99 people, <laughs> 99% of people don't have a strategy. So when I did the million dollar buy of Bitcoin... Yeah. I said I'm buying it and I don't care how long it takes but when it gets to 2 million I'm going to sell it I didn't sell it because of the, uh, the so the strategy the didn't work well, no so what I did is I said once it goes up to say 2.2 if it ever comes back to 2 I'm selling okay right so if it I, my cut off now is it 2 if it gets down to 2 so if it goes up to 3 and then I decide to sell then cool depending on what I think based on my years of experience but if it ever comes to 2 it's gone that's, th- I'm done. That's my strategy. Um, and that, to me, is the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Any, ever, anything else is a bit like speculating. Yeah, no, look, I, g-
1: I agree with you. Like, I don't look at Bitcoin a great deal. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the dips are what you have to buy on. I, I, I just, you know, I, I've got this mental block myself because, you know, when I was trading Nikkei 225 back in 1992, I probably bought the high and the next high and the next high. And, you know, like I have a definite uh, block against doing that. So if I see Bitcoin yeah, yeah, at yeah. a new record level, you Stick know, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and like, you know, Dow Jones yeah. and the NASDAQ and the S&P closing
0: at new record highs yesterday. Every day at the minute. Pretty much. Yeah. Do you think that's because they're printing so much money and buying it all up themselves? Because they're printing trillions and I was was watching... They're
1: they're pulling it back from... They're starting to pull it back this month and next month. But still, you know, people are taking that as a positive sign, you know, that the economy... Like, earnings are are through the roof, right? As you would imagine after the pandemic. And, you you know, I think this quarter... Or, or last quarter, people expected to see them start to uh, reverse, but they're still, you know, uh, uh, really significant levels. The you're hearing about all these supply chain shortages and whatever. I just think you know, th- there's an awful lot of people talking it up at the moment, and uh, you know, we haven't had a correction in or a proper correction in over a year. There's a, been a five percent movement lower. That's been the max yeah. of it. It like. It has to come, right? It is. That's not Nos- Nostradamus stuff. It will come. Yeah. You know, looking at property, it's exactly yeah. the same thing. You know, like, properties are at record levels as well. Yeah. You've got this situation with Evergrande in in China. China yeah, you know, so 90 million apartments not lived in. It's bonkers. You know, like in Ireland, there's, you know, there, there's, there, there's people living on the streets because there, there's no houses being built. So like there's huge um huge differences where it's you go. chaos everything well, china's
0: chaos chaos mm-hmm. everywhere everywhere i look i'm like i just sort of step back it's like people like at my i own a crossfit gym in shoreditch and like well i invest in it but i, I train there and i have people in there that watch my videos and they come up to me and talk about it and they're like oh the my down 10 percent, and i all i say to them is zoom out that's all i say and there's a guy in there he always says it to me and he's like hey john zoom out he's like he's with german but he's like an osteopath but but he he bought high sold low like three times and then just like was like sweating i was like just calm down i'm like i'm not even i'm not an advisor but i was like zoom out right and then it went up like 80 percent or something uh, uh, like a week later i was talking to him and uh yeah, it's just funny because now every time he's like zoom out, Yeah. you know, because people panic, you know, and that's where you end up gambling.
1: Yeah, but you you've got to look at the different circumstances of people, mm. I think, and you yeah. know, you're able to hold. So is Elon Musk, and so are some of the other big investors in in, in cryptos yeah. Yeah. and in some of the equities that Wall Street bets are going after. But that's not everybody, you know. You've got you've got a very and property's a similar game, right? Mm you know that, that there are some serious property uh, developers and investors who yeah. you know have control an awful lot of what's going on within the market yeah and a few smaller people try to get involved and unfortunately they're the ones that tend to tend to end up on their ass afterwards and i think robin mm. hood and crypto to a certain extent is
0: retail people
1: retail they yeah. call
0: it yeah yeah they're the ones that get stung because they don't really, and they have got no one advising them in a in a good way, and also even if you do advise them, some of them are like, well, but I uh, squid coin's coming out and it's going up a thousand percent. So if I've got hundred quid, it in. went up
1: two hundred sixty eight <laughs> thousand percent a, or so in, in a couple of days.
0: You know, this is what a, more could you look for? You like, ask for this is the problem, isn't it?
1: It's like, anyway, I've still got a few squid coin left. I bet, I, I, I bet you <laughs> have.
0: I bet you have. I bet
1: you have. Right, call one eight hundred squid coin. Is
0: that- <laughs> I'm joking. I didn't even know about it until it crashed. That was the funny Neither thing. Neither did I. Did but you it is,
1: No, but it's just, you know, like the media latch on to squid games. Yeah. So? Squid coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's not rocket science. Yeah. And, and people should know that it's a scam straight yeah. away. Look, if it looks too good to be true, yeah.
0: it usually is. 100%. Hundred um, percent. Do you reckon I could convince you to trade Bitcoin? No, just for fun. Yeah. We could do a video. Yeah, it wouldn't be a very I'll, interesting. Video. I'll give I'll give you a grand. Yeah, yeah, to to trade Bitcoin for a week and see how you get on. That would be a funny. You need a strategy, though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you provide the strategy. That would actually I'll, be a I'll, sick video. I'll,
0: yeah, it's but it's
1: again, it goes goes against everything you've said so far,
0: right? Because and that's why it'd be funny.
1: No, yeah, I know, I know and and yeah. but it but it's you know time in the game as opposed to timing.
0: Yeah, you know. But so... yeah, but like basically, I, 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 you, I, 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 an experienced trader like you, right, should be able to make some money out of it. If you can't you know, then it might convince people not to, like, gamble. I don't think
1: anything convinces people not to gamble. Yeah, true. You know, it's just this, you know, it's this green envy when, you know, if you're completely bombarded by stuff, we we spoke a little bit about social media and how I don't have a real strategy with that either, but (laughs) the... um, Um, or, or don't know how to use I'm it. Get your sure. shirt with strategy yeah. and an Oxford dictionary on it, yeah. something like that. But the uh, look, unfortunately, there's just so much of it about it yeah. needs to be regulated. I mean, you know, people going on and talking about squid coin on Instagram or you know, uh, or Twitter or whatever and, and Bitcoin and how much success they're having and all these idiots are going to post a picture of himself with the big flash car and yeah, yeah. you know about how they did this and that, that week, you know, like it's, it's bollocks, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and most people, uh, it's not fair to say most people, because you know, like I know it, you know it, a lot of people know it, but still a lot of people are lured into it. Yeah, You know, they're unsuspecting Yeah. And they get their pants down, taken down for yeah. them. And it's it's just wrong.
0: It is. It's, it's actually crazy. That's why I try with my videos, you know, because I do Q&As. Yeah. And it's like, um, we're going to do a and a with you in a minute because I ask people to ask questions on Instagram. Right. Um, but people, you know, they ask, ask me what to do with a grand or what to do with this. And, I, you know, the safest thing, I think, is Bitcoin, Ethereum, long-term. Nothing else. I actually said, I think I said, what was it 450 Bitcoin four fifty Ethereum and then hundred quid just go and gamble with squid coins or whatever you want to do to learn think, how much it would uh, I think
1: the, the the um I think what yeah you, you have to try and get get across is people's um you know what people expect out of it yeah right so you know going and invest in a grand is fine and you're going to tell them to hold it for the long term but Mm -hmm. everybody these days wants instant gratification yeah so if i give you a grand to go and invest in the stock market i want two tomorrow i want five by friday yeah you know i want 15 by the following week otherwise it's not interesting yeah and so it's about you know taking people's
0: Ideas
1: of what they... Well, it is, it, mm. it is but taking their ideas and, and bringing them back to a sense of reality. So yeah. I like your approach, right? Okay, you know, you've got a grand, you want to invest it, go and invest it in Bitcoin, forget about it for six months and then have a look at it. And that's yeah. how traditional stockbrokers used to think about, you know, like if you buy equities two years ago, they pandemic aside, right, they are typically higher yeah. than they were two years ago. But if you're trying to think, I'm going to job in and out of this every single day, yeah. you're not going to reach people's expectations. So how do you model people's expectations on a, on a big scale yeah. to make it more sensible? Yeah.
0: We, yeah. And media has, a huge part. Yeah. Yeah. Me, expect-
1: media has a huge part to yeah. play in that because they, they are continually suggesting an expectation that is not achievable well, well they not only, achievable for the general you know for the man in the street I don't think
0: yeah well they only talk about it's like it's like gamblers they only talk about the ones they won yeah, yeah. right and it's a bit like media they only talk about the guy that made a billion quid or whatever they you know they spoke about it, me yeah yeah, that, was, that is the best story ever. <laughs> Everyone's got to watch the movie. It's pretty pretty. I, I, I don't
1: think you can get the video these days. Otherwise, it's, it's on YouTube. A, well, it's bootleg.
0: Well, it's on YouTube. Yeah. I watched it on YouTube. Okay. So you need, to, you need to send me the
1: royalties. <laughs> um, In Bitcoin?
0: No problem. Not SquidCoin. Um, <laughs> if you were to go back to being 21 again, yeah. what would you do? Would you do the even if it was back in the 90s would you do the same thing again
1: no i'd like to think not i i I don't have i don't have anything to guarantee that to you but i'd like to think not now look i think um behavior exists on a continuum right so you know you've got to I, i think if i go back to 21 and have some of the lessons that i learned over the following period, you know, in terms of my behaviour, the things that I needed to control, um, then then it could have been very different. But if I was back, the same person with the same personality traits, risk taker, you know, um, personality type A, you know, I wasn't scared of taking risk right and um, you know probably looked for that risk more more so than i should have and yeah. as I, as i said at the beginning i had a very exalted opinion of what success meant you know uh, and however much i got i always wanted more um, and you know post that and post the collapse of the bank you you, you know people achieve success in different ways you yes. know so some people achieve success or, like everybody can achieve success through putting food on the table for their kids to eat. Yeah, You know, so I wouldn't have had such an exalted opinion of of what I needed to achieve.
0: Yeah, also success in the 90s looked different to success in 2021. You know, so it, it's like, you know, success back in those days was like David Hasselhoff or whoever had a Ferrari, you know. Can you remember the, the, old, the old TV shows? So being successful back then was like you know different it was it, like being successful now is kind of different i think it's, yeah, a, it, it's a different outlook we'd
1: probably need to talk for another couple of hours for yeah. you to convince me of that but <laughs> you know i think there's al- there's there's always a monetary or a financial element Course. to it yeah so yeah it, people may have you know it's like the world of banking people always said to me how do we change the world of finance you mentioned the word corrupt earlier um I, I think the industry, and I don't like the word corrupt, but if I was going to look at the industry, you know, people were, many, many years ago, people were talking about, you know, the the, the new generation that were coming through. You were part of it for a while and you've got the millennials and whatever else. And that potentially with their the, the different way that they viewed success and the different way that they viewed working in, in industry and their more meaningful ways of addressing everything, mm-hmm. they thought that there was a... Real possibility for banking or the world of finance to change, yeah. but the industry corrupts, right? Because yeah. it's all about money, it's all about profit, it's and and that manifests itself into, you know, different facets of greed, yeah, um, and and a lot of those millennials are now, you know, looking at very different or have a very different outlook to life. So I, like I'm, the one thing that I'm probably more sceptical over. Anything else is whether or not you can change the world of banking. And I don't think you can. I don't
0: think you can. It
1: gets passed down from generation yeah. to generation.
0: How would you define success?
1: Now, mm-hmm. very different from where I um, where I um, looked at it years ago. You know, it was all about business success and monetary success, financial success. You know, I don't do badly now. Um, but, you know, I, I, I get... Enjoyment out of other things, so um, you know my wife succeeding. Like it's, it's it's a strange thing for me, right? Like I don't know if I can have success after the biggest failure of the nineties, right? Yeah. And uh, and so I have to come to terms with that and 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 survive through that. And I, I think I've done that, right? I don't yeah. have any. I don't carry any big chip around on my shoulder. I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. I don't have a big uh, worry sack on my back either. Um, yeah. You know, I focus very much on family. So it's all about my wife and kids. Um, And I think that's really, for me, where the success is. Um, And seeing them achieve what they can through life. So I'm not a pushy parent you know, like what they do academically. <laughs> like I wasn't that great academically myself. We spoke about that. But um, I don't push them aggressively academically or yeah. or if, you, you know, like my youngest son is big into horse riding and, um, you know, sports and whatever. But, you know, get yourself to the level that you can yeah. and you, just enjoy life, right? Yeah. It's, you know, for me it was... You know, I think back to those times, and we didn't really touch on it when we... You you mentioned earlier whether I traded when I was drunk. You know, many times I hit the trading floor. um, You know, drinking was one of the ways of blocking everything out. So, you know, I'd often arrive on the trading floor hungover or, you know, definitely still half cut at the time and just go straight to the trading room and sleep till three o'clock in the afternoon and then, you know, um, materialise and... uh, go back to the office for an hour and then head back out to drink because it was one way of avoiding it everything was about avoidance yeah I was avoiding the realization of the losses and avoiding the realization of my own failure you know failure was the big issue for me you know I couldn't put my hand up and tell people what was going on because that was admitting my own failure and I'd never encountered anything so you know as we touched on earlier for me it's all about you know, communication. I always tell my kids, you know, you can talk to me about anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm. You know, I've probably done it before, probably in, in, in bigger size than you guys. And, and, and I'm there to help, you know, my, yeah. bi- my biggest mistake was never asking for help and advice.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. Cause I was surrounded by people that could have helped me and I didn't do it. Yeah. Right. And for that reason, I went off in this direction when I should have been going in this direction. Yeah. And, um, you know, if I, if I, if I went, and I, that that's the one thing I encourage everybody to do. It doesn't matter whether it's in business, whether it's health, finance, or whatever. Yeah. Always ask for help and advice. You are. There's somebody around you who can point you in the right direction and help you out. You know, I tried to struggle through it, thought I'd be able to cope yeah. and messed up. On but a, you were young as well at that scale. time. It doesn't like, matter, you know. Yeah, like I, it's I, harder,
0: mean, I think it's harder when you're young. Oh, absolutely. Like,
1: you know. Absolutely. For me, asking for help and advice was a sign of weakness, mm. right? And that's why I didn't do it. So, you know, just encouraging people now to ask for help and advice, I think is a huge, huge thing. So, yeah, you know, it... it um, and, and, you know, my youngest fella, will, you, you know, he'll mess up from time to time. And there's definitely got to be a bit of punishment. I'm not sending him to jail for any period of time, but he's going to get told that I'm not happy with him. Yeah. But, we, you
0: know, whatever the issue is, whatever yeah. the
1: problem is, it's not insurmountable. Yeah. And
0: I'll help you through it. Do you know what it is? It's like when you were young, obviously you were like the ringleader in... Um on your floor you know you're like so it's kind of where else did you have anyone to turn to really it's not i mean you were kind of like the main person and also a lot of people nowadays you know because of the environment they still live at home until they're 30 you know they'll be trading they don't have anyone to turn to because also say you're 25 as an example and you're living at home and you're trading you're trying to make money your parents don't understand that Mm. you know who else do you have around you it's probably why I get a lot of messages and a lot of people you know people reach out on social media but it's really really difficult and like, and so you know being an entrepreneur and owning loads of companies you can't talk to your staff about problems because they're like you drive a Lambo fuck off you know you haven't got any problems but you you have tons of problems finding other people that are similar to you where you can talk to them is quite difficult Um, so it's it is, it's good to talk to people but it's also difficult to find the right people as well I think
1: they I think they're there though I mean I mean if there was yeah. a if there was an appropriate use of social media other than promoting uh, cryptos and uh, Wall Street bets I, uh, that's the one I'd favor
0: yeah that um, there
1: was an avenue for people to ask questions and look for support you know suicide yeah. is a horrible thing. Yeah. Right. And there's far too much of it. Uh, I live in Ireland, and there's, um, you know, the incident rate there is shocking. Really. Yeah. And it's, and and uh, people being able to talk, I I think, would solve a lot of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Also, expectation you mentioned, like, so for me, like, success for me is one thing, freedom, right? And you can, you don't have to be rich to be free I feel like you're a slave until you're free right and that sometimes can come with money but if you work from your laptop and you earn enough money to get by and you haven't got anyone bossing you around all this kind of stuff then to me that's that's success being able to be free I've learned that as I've got older um, and been more successful financially Mm. um, because I don't have anyone telling me what to do um, I do whatever I want whenever I want. And once you're out of this system of like working for someone, you know, you earn your own money, you do what you want in your own time, spend your time with your kids, all this mm. kind of stuff. To me, the only thing that success is is freedom. Like once you achieve freedom, whether it's on any level, you don't have to be rich to do it, you can do it on any level. I think once you get there and you're in that spot, I think that's when you're successful, and it doesn't matter what you do for a living, as long as, if you enjoy it, yeah. you know, and you make enough money to get by, you know. Like the classic saying is, "There's loads of people happy out there with no money, yeah, you know." And it, it's because they they're free, you know. That's the difference, I think. But expectation is young people think, um, if I get rich, I'll have everything. If I gamble my money on Squid Coin, And it goes up a thousand percent. I'll have everything, you know. But the reality is, like, if you get a million quid, right? So that trade I did made one point four million dollars. If I sell it, I have to pay capital gains straight away, right? So that's twenty percent gone. So that's like what three hundred grand dollars I have to Mm -hmm. pay to the tax man, and you don't get a receipt for that. You don't get a thank you. (laughs) You know So it's like, do I loan against it? Do I, you know, so as much as people think, oh, I get a million dollars, like, what do I do with it? Obviously, it's an amazing, amazing, I feel absolutely lucky. I'm just a knob jockey from Swindon at the end of the day. You know, I'm absolutely lucky that I've managed to get in this situation. It's not always what it seems. Yeah. You no, know, right. and it, it, it's not going to make you happy unless you know, unless you have a strategy what to do with it, <laughs> right? Which I'm, um, you know, I know you have strategies with things. Um, but
1: t-shirts will be available at the end of
0: this <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast <laughs> Paying Squid coin no, those um but so yeah so for me um success is freedom on any scale yeah yeah
1: touch too philosophical for me but i do i i do agree um you know i, I there, there there are people who have and have not unfortunately and that makes it a, a, a little bit um little bit different i you know again I, I go back to my days in indonesia and we used to tino used to pick us up in his uh in his um in his car um and he'd, he'd drive us i, I did do, do you know jakarta at all
0: no i haven't been so there's a few canals
1: yeah. that run through the city and, yeah and they are dirt black right right they are as filthy as you can imagine and they've got little steps down into them. Yeah. If you or I went in them, you'd be sick. Well, you'd probably, you'd probably die, but because of what you'd catch within it. Yeah. But you used to see these little kids going down and bathing in the canal, and then coming out, and their parents would be so proud taking them to school, and they'd be they'd go to school in these pristine white shirts and yeah. and, and dresses, and and they had absolutely nothing. I think the average the average monthly salary was a dollar. Or something in, in 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 Jakarta at the time. So they lived in shacks and horrible, horrible, horrible places. But they were always so proud, and when they were going to school, and they always looked so so well. But you also knew where they came from, and you know it, it, it's about expectations. And unfortunately, everybody's expectations are very difficult or very different. And it's sometimes it comes from where you're born, and it's mm-hmm. just. It's really weird and so like I, I, I get what you're saying and managing people's expectations but you know a lot of people are um, are just subjected to stuff because of where they're born as opposed mm-hmm. to 100%. You, know, you know what their expectations are and it's um, you know it's a, it's a very unfair wor- and unforgiving world in that regard. Yeah. Um, but yeah no like I always look back at those and uh, you know Marvel how they got the the clothes so white in that absolute cesspit of a canal i do not know but they somehow they did it and you'd see them washing it there every night you know it's kind of like they washed their clothes every day when they came back and it worked pride thing, isn't it pride
0: absolutely are you still friends with tino
1: no 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 tino didn't speak a lot of english just pointed the gun at you
0: <laughs>
1: get in the car We'd go to a nightclub and uh, he'd be waiting outside. <laughs> all of a sudden, it'd be getting all of us. All, all of it. No, he didn't point the gun. Oh, the security Go Tino. Like, he didn't point the gun at us, but we did go to nightclubs after a while, and they weren't, or they were very dangerous locations. And really, uh, yeah, no, Tino every now and again would come in and express his desire for us to get in the car very quickly. Bless.
0: All right, so um. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that we've been asked on social media. Um, Ready? Yeah. Okay, this one's from Jake. How did you handle the pressure when things started to go wrong at bearings? Badly.
1: um, And drink was the usual outlet. (laughs)
0: hoping for something more uh, philo-
1: philosophical than that <laughs> we, we leave the philosophy to I you I got smashed <laughs> no it was no you like in the beginning you in, in the beginning you try to deal with it I was playing football a lot in yeah. Singapore yeah. When, when I first went over I used to box um so you go to the gym and yeah but eventually it comes too much and you, it's then just about avoidance and trying and, and, and trying to block things out so unfortunately it ended up in alcohol
0: yeah which is a, a lot of industries are like that like doctors all that type of lawyers you know they just get yeah. so worked to the bone that they end up drinking and they you know it's yeah. like it's weird isn't it um three words to describe how you felt after losing nearly a billion b- pounds the funny thing was it wasn't even your money Right? No, I know. The thing is now people are trading with their own money, right? So there's a massive difference there. Yeah. Like if it's other people's money, like that old movie with Danny DeVito. Yeah. You remember that every film? Other people's money, was it?
1: Yeah. It's a it's a constant phase with that. I mean I mean if people look back to, you know, pre me starting in the city and how the city is now, it's all other people's money. Yeah. Whereas it used to be stockbrokers, my word is my bond yeah. and you know, everybody was personally invested in those organizations and 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 there was more control whereas it is now other people's money it's it's shareholders money effectively (laughs) the money that you lost for bearings whose money was that i i I don't completely know the answer bearings was a charitable trust so it was set up so in 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 way. Yeah, so the money that was made, I'm sure that it goes. It all went back to the Bearings family in in some way, shape, or form. Um, right. But I, I'm sure, and I've I've not like I've, I've not I'm not.
0: So you don't even know, really, not hundred percent. No, I mean if it's donations, it's
1: not donations. I, I, I think it, it, I think the charitable trust element of it is a tax. Yeah, play more than anything else. Yeah. but so the Bearings family. Um, I mean, in terms of, you know, like th- th- they didn't have bank accounts, um, as, as you know, it wasn't a high street bank. It was a, um, an investment bank, or, yeah. a, um, so you know, in in terms of the trans transactions that they did, all of the transactions were completed, and yeah. uh, you know, even. Up until February of 1995, bondholders were all repaid. So, um, you know, I think the biggest loser out of it all was the Behrings family.
0: Um, what actually happened to Barings? Because it says in the film they sold it for a, a, a pound. They did. Um, so what ha- happened to all the staff and everything after that? They all went to work for ING.
1: I think there were right. a few that didn't transfer across, but I was in. Uh, I was in Amsterdam... A few years ago now, probably three, maybe four years ago, and there was uh, an, a, a journalist there from the, uh, I don't know what the financial newspaper is, is called, the Hansblatt or something, but um, he had done some investigation of the 2,000 or so employees that went to ING yeah. and how many of them remained, and I think there was two.
0: Really? Yeah. So nothing happened, Really?
1: <laughs> no, uh, no, I, don't I mean think, I, I mean i don't when think you you, like, sip, i like your it, thinking if
0: it, if it, but apart from the Behrens family being nah. like that sucks yeah no that's no that's not true all the staff they kept their jobs and well we, they did for a they, period they, they did for a period their pay slip just had a different i don't think itself. any of
1: them thank
0: me <laughs> like
1: the christmas card list is i mean is on the decline yeah <laughs> I don't think I don't think Squidcoin is going to help me either, or Squidgate.
0: But I mean, but but ultimately, it it was other people's money. That's the mad thing. But you look at the—that's the crazy thing about the money. Doesn't make it right, though. Of course, it doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it right. But really, like, say I worked at um, Bearings back in the day, and all this happened, Mm. and they went, "Oh, we've sold it for a pound. You just work for them now." Okay. See you on Monday.
1: I think their bonuses got paid as well
0: when they when they moved over. But so you basically gave everyone a bonus. Perfect. <laughs> um, did you learn more as a trader, or teaching firms how to protect themselves from rogue traders? Did you earn more as a trader, or from teaching th- firms how to protect themselves? Um, I. D- <sighs> I don't know. I'll, I'll answer
1: the question as honestly as I can. I'll give you some numbers. I mean, you know, when I worked for Bearings in Singapore, my yearly sal- salary probably towards the end would have been bonuses were very big at Bearings. That was the attraction of Bearings at, at that particular time. So, you know, my salary might have been a hundred thousand pounds. My bonus was three hundred. Um, I, I think the last bonus, which wasn't paid, was uh, four hundred and fifty thousand pounds. So you're going back to nineteen ninety. It's over a
0: million quid. Well, I don't know how um, you how you're
1: calculating well, this. Well, just look but, at the price of Mars my, gra- <laughs> yeah, my ten grand was a hundred grand. So four hundred and fifty must be four and a half million. By the same,
0: it's got. It's, it's probably. It's, it's over <laughs> a million. It's definitely over a million. Yeah, I don't know. It's still yeah.
1: four hundred and fifty grand.
0: You know. I, I don't know. It's quite a lot of money to go like this, isn't it? <laughs>
1: i suppose so um yeah look and and i talk i'm going to a talk in the city uh today um my hourly rate is far greater now than it was yep. all those years ago yeah um but i don't speak every hour do you know what i yeah, mean of course
0: so, um fair enough um, i'm not going
1: to tell you how much i'm getting
0: for the hour no 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 one wants to know that <laughs> um where's this is a good one where is it it was something besides crypto, not that you'd invest in that. Would you invest 5 grand in right now today? See,
1: uh, like the things that I would invest in are are, are not necessarily you, investable. See, I'd short the markets at the moment. I'd uh, you know, I'd be looking to sell the Dow or the Nasdaq. I I'd, yeah. I'd settle on one of those and I'd, uh, I'd I'd be looking to I'd be looking to short those.
0: Um yeah. You'd you'd short the market,
1: yeah. But I do that regularly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's (laughs) okay. Next question. It's not always right. (laughs) Where where did you bury all the loot? Emoji like this. I I had that.
1: I I had that question a few years ago. You know James Whale, do you? No. So James Whale is uh, he's a bit of a shock jock. Um, He so he, he was doing a radio program about must have been about 17, 18 years ago when I just came back from Singapore Yeah, and so it was about 11 o'clock at night in some studios over in the South Bank somewhere and and so we were having a chat like this and then there were th- there was a few questions coming across and one of the questions or one of the it wasn't a question so much it was somebody who said that they um, they'd bought my mum and dad's house was it worthwhile digging up the garden? <laughs> So I said, Yeah, wasn't no, Fred West? Was it <laughs> <laughs> no? Look, I think they were hoping for money rather than bodies, but the uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, of course. Um, all right, this is quite funny. What was the exact moment he knew he fucked up? <laughs> uh, it's well, the classic meme, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, on day one,
0: right? You day... Know? Was it. After the twenty million, then you like, and then you went back in again. No, no. You know, on
1: day one, as soon as you've got the error and you put it into the error account, anybody who tells yeah. you any different is lying. You know, you know what the, you know what the difference between right and wrong is. Yeah, uh, you've done the wrong thing, and you know from that point, you're you know you're digging yourself um, deeper and deeper into the situation. You're continually looking over your back, and that's the uh, then you know that's the point. I mean, I I, I came home just to. Um, extend on that a little bit i came home at the end of 1994 to the uk um to have um christmas with family mm-hmm. and um did that and some friends from the life the futures exchange in 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 the uk were going to um were going to ireland um for for a new year's party so there's a group of about 15 20 of us we ended up playing American football with uh, half of them were American working on life at the time um, so I think we played a local rugby team it was a pretty aggressive game of rugby meets American football um, and I had no intention of going back to Singapore right. Right? I you know it, it was all too much at that point but still I couldn't tell people what was going on. Yeah. You know, it meant I would have to tell my wife, my family, you know, and and, and then make my failure very much uh, at the forefront of, of that and everything else that was going on. So there was this tissue of lies, and it had just expanded throughout the preceding three-year period. And um, I wasn't able to do that. So, you know, I had made no attempt to hide the loss in the 5-8 account. So all of a sudden the balance sheet was going to show huge deficit balance mm. um the accountant would be wise to that eventually and and, and it'd get referred acro- up the line and, and across various parts of the firm um, and then on the you know the girls who worked for me in the office in singapore were you know they were very much molded by what i needed them to do the movie suggests there was a bit of you know that they were complicit they really weren't they they, they, they had no template yeah. By which to work out how a proper firm works, so they did what I what I told them. So all of a sudden on the thirty first of December, um, nineteen ninety four, you know we're getting ready to go out in Middleton in County Cork and um, get a phone call from one of the girls in the office and um, you know what are we going to do with the five eights account? Because she knew she did something every single month. Because if I sold options every month wasn't going to be to the decimal point of what I needed so there was always a a journal entry that was needed to bring the account balance exactly to zero so she knew there was a process that had to happen on the last day of the month so you know I think the the deficit in the account was 7.7 billion yen at the time um so, so you know nearly eight yards of yen and she said what are we going to do and you know like all I wanted to do was go out that evening not really think about it. I'm not going back to Singapore, so it's not really an issue. I'm not coming up with a strategy <laughs> for this particular thing. So I just get her to post a one-sided journal entry to the 5 account, so I just credit the 5 account, which the settlement system allowed us to do. All of a sudden, the balance sheet is completely out of line because it's just a one-sided entry. Um, and that was it for, um, for Christmas New Year 1994, Um Early in January '95, um, got a flight booked to Singapore. Probably around the fourth or fifth of January. Um, make up an excuse on that day. Don't go to Heathrow. Um, Rebook the flight for the following day. Um, you know, my ex-wife, my wife at the time, she's um, arranging with friends who are going to come and visit us in February. in March and she wants to show them her lifestyle so and again you can't tell it or I can't tell anybody that I'm failing Um, so I don't and then we go back to the airport on the 5th of January get on the flight and very stupidly go back to Singapore so you know at the end of 94 you kind of to answer the the person's question you kind of you know know that this has gone on way too long it's way too big you can't deal with it Um, and and everything is out of control but you still can't tell people you still can't face your own failure uh, and stupidly go back to Singapore
0: it's literally die with the lie isn't it at that point yeah
1: I I don't know if yeah I I, I don't know if that's a thought process you're going through it's just okay how can I avoid this for another hour
0: yeah Chaos. and then you go back
1: in At the beginning of 1995 the losses start to escalate the position gets even crazier than it was um impossible to deal with the market makers are all colluding to try and push you because everybody thought the position was somebody else's right obviously i knew it was mine um and and they're trying to push up volatility and squeeze you out that's what happens in the market um and, um, you know, that's meaning that you need more margin. The bank's running out of money. Um, Barclays and Citibank won't lend to bearings anymore. They tell them their credit is shot. They go to the stock market. They issued a bond for £100 million. Comes out to finance my illegal positions in Singapore. And you somehow you're still going along. The CIO of bearings came out to me in January 1995 and, um, and all he wanted to talk about was how we take my operation in Singapore and we do exactly the same in Brazil and in South Africa, so they can make even more money.
0: Yeah,
1: right. That's how unsuspecting or, or believing these Crazy. people were at that time, and and then you get the asset liability committee meeting is looking at how they can finance different. Uh, different um, parts of the business in different locations, all the money's with me. And so Bearings, the capital base of Bearings was only £250 million. I've got £600 million with me in in, in Singapore.
0: right? So they not know?
1: Again, we're going back to, you know, negligence, complacency on yeah. a grand scale, right? Okay, yeah. And that's why all of these, like, you don't have to look at financial scandal very long to realise it's down to complacency, negligence, Poor systems, poor controls, poor yeah. people in place to do those. It's not rocket science, and it still
0: happens. now, even with technology, I guess.
1: Absolutely. I mean, technology irons some of it out, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It, you know, it alerts people quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've got phone calls now that are audited through organisations, and right. um, you know, there is a lot better stuff. But it's it's gone to the other extent to a certain degree with with some of the data and some of the ways that they try to analyse it. You know, people are trying to work out or paying huge sums of money for a piece of kit that's going to tell you which one of your employees is most likely to resign.
0: Mad. Who cares? Crazy, isn't it? It's but too much, isn't it? It's,
1: it's just it's, uh, technology overload and not necessarily always where it's needed, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: It's mad. All right, one more question. What are your opinions on crypto and DeFi, decentralized finance, if you have one?
1: yeah i um i think we've probably covered it i uh, like bitcoin and, and and like i think it has I, I suppose i started my crypto journey a couple of years ago in in terms of um you know looking at it a little bit closer yeah um i i, I don't totally understand it yeah um it's definitely here to stay. I, yeah. d- I do think central banks will um, mount an attempt to at least control that space. I don't think they will succeed. Um, no. I think Bitcoin and Ethereum are are here um, are here to stay. Yeah. Um, I think if we could dispense with some of the other shitty coins that come out. Yeah. I think it would be a real positive for 100%. the world. For the world. Um, although I am thinking of launching Rogue Coin after the you uh, do it. after the
0: success of Squid Coin, everyone gets a free blue blue and yellow <laughs> jacket.
1: No, they have to pay for the jacket.
0: <laughs> they can have a free um, book. Do you know what my? Do you know what my prediction is? I think in the next five years, one of the central banks will will be gone. I think Bitcoin is going to take over everything.
1: So you're a Bitcoin evangelist? No,
0: evangelist. i um, I just know everything about it, right? And so when you, it's it's a bit like when you when you learn everything about it, it's a bit like in 1971 they took money they took money off the gold standard, yeah. And now inflation's getting out of hand; they're just printing money left, right, and centre. It's this it's, it can't keep going, right? And it won. it, it, won. it, it will It will People will raise
1: rates, right? Yeah
0: well hopefully they will. hopefully they some will. It countries start, it's starting already uh, Well, some countries are doing negative rates like in Europe but um <laughs> but the thing is in if they if eventually if they put money back on to the Bitco- to a bitcoin standard then i think money will stick around fiat currencies but if they don't i think bitcoin will take over everything that's just my prediction next 15 20 years
1: but there's a, there's a limited supply of Bitcoin, isn't there? Mm-hmm. I think for that reason, it can't.
0: Well, no, no, it's not it's not limited. Um, well, it's it's limited to twenty one million. But there's yeah. every Bitcoin is a hundred million Satoshi, so it's divisible yeah. by a hundred million per Bitcoin. Right, yeah. so it's it's so divisible compared to normal money. Yeah, but
1: but sovereign sovereign states tend to store their money. Or store their wealth in gold.
0: Uh, like it's a real. Although well, that's changing. Massively. It's changing.
1: It's changing yeah. a bit. Um, yeah, yeah well, I, the, I the don't central know. Central
0: banks will start buying up Bitcoin soon. They're, they will. They will start. They will start. Once they start doing that's that, that's a big
1: statement. I don't, see. I see. I don't think they will. I think they'll try and control their market participants they'll try first. and they they, try, yeah. they
0: did that with some recent yeah. news but it just didn't everyone just laughed it off you know saying that I, I can't remember what the article was but it was just the funny everyone laughed it off on Reddit yeah. and everywhere else but one, I think central banks will start buying because the problem with gold is that you can't do anything with it you can't move it it costs you a fortune to move it bitcoin it costs you nothing yeah. you know
1: and so how banks going to make money See, I, I think
0: there's... So banks will make money by onboarding older people, right? That's true. It's true because young people are like, no, it's cool, man, I've yeah, got but, a phone. But not
1: everybody's going to be older, like over time. Over,
0: thir- over 30 is what I'm talking about actually yeah. right now. Yeah. So anyone that's got a bank... so And there's actually banks starting to offer it, right? Uh-huh. They're talking about it. So they'll be like, okay, come into the bank. Our value is that we onboard you to Bitcoin, you know, it's, it's like some people still want to use a check but they don't even trust debit cards it took, yeah. it took 40 years for people to trust debit cards so now the only the only way banks will stay um, relevant is they'll be able to offer you decentralised finance or finance in crypto or they'll be able to onboard you in crypto and then they'll charge you like a fee but that, that I can't otherwise I don't see how banks will, will stay relevant not a traditional bank because people just use their phone now. You know, people Apple Pay, you don't even use a debit card. You know, and you know, in even in El Salvador, there's over th- there's more people in El Salvador with a Bitcoin wallet than have a bank account. That's how crazy that is.
1: So can I go into your phone and borrow Bitcoin? No. Okay. I think that's one of the flaws. Oh, I mean,
0: what? well, I can, you can't.
1: Yeah, no, no. I, but, but I but can I want borrow. a mortgage.
0: Yeah, no. I you can go in now and borrow against your Bitcoin with BlockFi.
1: No, yeah, but I don't. I I want a, a mortgage. Yeah, so I'm going to put down a small deposit and I'm going to borrow all your Bitcoin. Well, I'm not going to borrow all your Bitcoin because you've got far too many.
0: <laughs> I wish no, but banks like. In in general, you right? mean? You, wait, wait. Depends because a mortgage is just a loan, right? So you yeah. you mean just a loan? Yeah. If you yeah, want, yeah, you right. can decentralized finance. You can go and borrow money now.
1: And what is the acceptance rate like on it?
0: Well, um, the the interest rate is high, right? Because okay. it's so early. Okay. But in the future, so the the way it works now is a bank. I put hundred grand in a bank, and they give me nothing in return, right? Yeah. They're a custodian. They might
1: get, look, when I, when I first bought my first house at the age of 18 yeah. or 19, the yeah. interest rate was 16%. Yeah. So it may get back there over time, <coughs> and, you and know, it may be more interesting for you to put your well, the, 100 the, grand in a bank on the, at that occasion.
0: Well, I would have got 5% interest back in the day on putting 100 grand in, like 5% roughly. If you,
1: invest, if you put it through the money markets, you would have got fairly close. I mean, the money markets are yeah. fairly simple. You know, you lend in, t- if you've got enough money, you lend into it at th- uh, 13 and the banks lend it out at 15.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, we're talking about everyday people. Say no, you put 100 I grand in the bank, you get a 5% return, they'll lend it out, right? That, that's what happens. You put money in the bank, they lend it out, and make money, right? Mm. That's how it works. And nowadays, you get 0.01%. No, right? I, no, I or, agree. I, uh, like, right now. The future, right, is the bank, what they do, that won't be a bank, it'll be an app. So, I'll put my 100 grand in and then someone will borrow it on the blockchain. Yeah. But I'll earn 10%. And there's no bank because the app will be doing what the banks used to do. There'll be no bank. That's the future of like decentralized finance. Then
1: we have a property
0: collapse. I think there's lots of things. We're talking, the thing is, it's a global thing, right? So, I just. See,
1: see, like for me, and right, and, and this is definitely the OG approach, yeah. right? The world of finance has got years of experience, yeah. right? And it's been through the Wall Street crash of 1929. It's been through all of them, other, th- you know, lots of other yeah. situations that do occur. Yeah. So if you decentralize this to a certain extent, or, or, or to a massive extent, yeah. and Bitcoin or the cryptos are the only way, you know, who are we relying on? I know we've got Jerome Powell and these other. OGs who yeah. control the Fed and whatever else at the moment. But they have some experience. So who but the, then takes on that mantle?
0: Okay, so their experience do is... do we
1: never have a property crash again?
0: Okay, so their experience is printing more money. That's not really experience. They just not press a... Now they can just press a I button.
1: I think, like, there, there, there's a... Sorry, I'm moving away from... Of course, the but... And, their we've, and, we've, and their one solution thing I wanted to note is... It's been that boring. The dog's gone to sleep. He's been—he always he's snoring in the background. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've mean, only just heard him. Uh, dude, we could get—we could—we could get into this no, for but hours, but right? But, right? but the, the thing is, the problem it, in now is the solution to fix this is printing money.
1: No, it, it, it has been literally okay, yeah. and now they're taking it back out, yeah. right? And it's a confidence thing, right? Stock markets and wealth per se that yeah. is derived from stock market is about confidence. Mm. And people have confidence in the system, and
0: I not everybody. I don't think people. I don't think people do. Well, they do.
1: They know that it works. You know, you go to the ATM, you can take your money out of the till. That's yeah. confidence, right? Unless you don't, you don't see runs on
0: banks. Well, you, you only have to look back at um, what bank was it where everyone tried to get their money out? And they can do that shitty it? little one, Northern Rock, or no, but that people. No, money. agreed, agreed. You but know. there was
1: no wholesale run on banks around the country.
0: Well, they got like bailed got, out by got, the government. Exactly. Right? By, so who's going to bail them out? Okay, so they printed money, right, and North- bailed them out. But, and then inflation went up. So imagine you had 100 grand, now your purchasing power okay. is 90 grand. That's theft, right? <laughs> That's technically stealing 10 okay. grand off someone. But go go, go Bitcoin, back. Bitcoin, it doesn't right, if, do that.
1: If, right, but if you have a Northern Rock type scenario, say, yeah. say the two are working together, who's going to bail them out next time? Or they just let we them We don't fail. need
0: banks anymore. Okay. We, won't, we won't need them in the future I, I
1: think so like I'm 54 now I don't know what day I'm going to uh, you know leave this earth but I still think we'll have banks when I do
0: i tell you what right because you'll live in your 90s probably like everyone <laughs> so we're going to catch up well we'll catch up before that but before you die right we'll do a podcast and there'll be no the, banks I promise you whilst
1: we're on the subject of me dying the Wall Street Journal phoned me up about a year, year and a half ago to yeah. write my obituary. What? Bonkers, Why? isn't it? Why? They, they fact check and then they stockpile it for when you go. Chaos. It's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, it's chaos. What a weird conversation to have with somebody.
0: I'm going to convince you about... Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you, you i I've got a friend who does it every week
1: it? trying to convince
0: yeah, me. So I'm going to send you three videos to watch. I thought he was going to say three Bitcoin then. No. <laughs> By the end of it, you might learn how to make three Bitcoin. (laughs) But I'm going to send you three videos to watch and you're going to be like, fuck.
1: Are they really good videos? Yeah. Exciting.
0: It's about money. No. And the future of money. I don't find
1: it exciting
0: anymore. (laughs) I doubt I'd watch. I promise you, you'll watch these videos and you'll be like, John, thank you. Right. I promise you. Do you want to bet that I don't watch the videos? In Squidcoin, let's go. (laughs) 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 Oh, but lastly, though, you've got a book out, right? I've, I've written three over the years a yeah. newer one though right it's on your no, Instagram no not really no. Oh, how old is it then I don't know you Did didn't you? bring one so I thought it was really <laughs> new I was like he hasn't even printed them because he's not bought me
1: one no I haven't got a new one I don't think no
0: I have no. to buy it I have to go on Amazon and buy it um, yeah, we, we accept Bitcoin okay I'm going to buy your book on Amazon <laughs> when, bi- when they accept Bitcoin yeah um, and then I'm going to read it Amazon, wanna...
1: Amazon see that Amazon don't accept Bitcoin
0: not yet. It's going to fail. But you know they're advertising for developers, though. It's all in on Reddit. Money messing. <laughs> it's that you are I'm going to make you a Bitcoin millionaire. Uh, there's no chance. <laughs> all right. Well, um,
1: you can make my son a Bitcoin millionaire. He probably you're, you're is. He, yeah, <laughs> he, he probably is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that was my last last thing I want to talk to you about. But um, dude, you're a legend like absolute legend thanks for coming in didn't convince you about Bitcoin yet Um, but when you go to take your money out of Northern Rock next week and you're fucked you'll be John how do I download Coinbase I like just give me your phone I'll sort it I've got a BitMEX account yeah good luck with that (laughs) yeah no I know (laughs) is that where you buy Squidcoin (laughs) is it I don't know I don't know (laughs) I didn't even know it was a thing until like last week I don't know (laughs) Um but yeah dude <laughs> I, um, honestly I, I've watched your film like a few times and um you actually you you're an absolute like OG legend okay. obviously um thanks for coming for in all the wrong
1: reasons No
0: right? for all the good reasons because no, you wrong know reasons. um you know because pe- people won't learn from it they'll still do it it's not like it's that classic thing you only learn through mistakes right you know you think you learn through other people's mistakes but you don't you know right. I didn't admit my own but um but yeah, thanks for coming in, dude. Um, no I problem, I've got to well. go and work for a living now. Yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> <laughs> I just checked my Bitcoin. That's, it's, it's really hard on the arm. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for coming in, man. All right. No problem, and We'll chat soon. <laughs>